Thanks so much for joining us on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. Today, we're going to be looking at something that's been a part of Cranford for 125 years. And if you've uh, been paying attention to some of the things going on around town, you may know what I'm talking about. It is the anniversary, the 125th of the Cranford Police Department. Today, I'm joined by two gentlemen who uh, certainly are part of that history for the Cranford Police Department, certainly not the whole 125 years, but uh, we have Bob Seeger, who was a police officer in town, I believe from 1974 through uh, 2004. Is that right, Bob? That's correct, Bernie, yes. Okay, and we also have Lieutenant Matthew Nazaro, who is currently on the force, and uh, Matt's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that are going to be done to commemorate that 125th anniversary. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me today, Bernie. Well, I think the best place to start off, and and Bob, you were a historian for the department during some of your years working for the Cranford Police Department, is without getting into all of the detail, because we would be here all day if we went through everything that's happened over that 125-year history, but tell us a little bit about the starting date uh, for the police department and, and how it really got rolling. Okay, I just want to open it up by recognizing uh, two amazing people, Larry Furrow and Rob Freelington. These were two uh, guys who uh, were Cranford historians, and they put together two amazing books about Cranford, volume one and volume two. And the books are so detailed with so many photographs. It's almost like a pictorial history. And I also want to thank uh, Captain Jerry Andrews, who was just an amazing uh, guy. He was probably the, one of the best supervisors ever in the history of the Cranford Police Department because Jerry led by example. Jerry started going into the archives and pulling out the old blotters, and he would read them and just start taking some notes, and he shared those notes uh, with me. And uh, we, we moved all of our notes together along to uh, Harry Wild, who was the police chief, uh, during the 100th anniversary, and him and his wife, Joan. Uh, Joan had experience, I guess, from uh, Cranford High School from uh, putting together yearbooks. And uh, so everything basically went to them. And then finally, our 100th anniversary book was published. So I just want to open up by mentioning uh, that Cranford has had 11 police chiefs uh, during our history of 125 years. Each one has made significant contributions and made our police department better. So let's talk about our first police organization in Cranford. In 1869, we had something called the Cranford Thief Detecting Society. Uh, eventually, it was needed because of the fact that we were having issues with people getting off the trains. We had a lot of hobo issues. We had a lot of people that were getting off the trains or walking into town and in committing acts of burglary, committing acts of like horse theft. But our first person in charge of the Thief Detecting Society was a guy by the name of B.F. Smith. Uh, and there was 25 members of that organization. And the last one to be a member and, and run the organization was a gentleman by the name of E.K. Adams. So what were they issued? They were issued a shield, a club, a belt, a whistle, and a key to the first Presbyterian church, which is <laughs> now situated on Springfield Avenue. Years ago, it's where Emma's Brick Oven or Joan Hardick's paint store was at the corner of North Union and Alden. So what would happen there at the Presbyterian Church is this. An incident would happen, and they needed to send a signal out to these 25 members or to people who lived in Cranford. And what would happen is they would go there with their key to the church and start ringing the church bell. Different amount of rings indicated a need for different type of services, whether it be a medical or whether maybe a crime had been committed. So when it was a crime that was committed, 
individuals on the outskirts of Cranford actually went to the different paths and different roads that led into our town and went out uh, with their guns, possibly with their uh, pitchforks or whatever type of tool they had. And anybody leaving town who they didn't know, they marched them back into town. And uh, that's the way a lot of the issues were solved back in the day. And prior to us getting a jail, because we didn't have the police department found it yet, well, sometimes they would take these people who were law violators and they would take them over to the railroad station. And the railroad station uh, back in the day was ground level. And a lot of times uh, there was a freight train situated there parking uh, for a while. And they would open up the boxcar and place this individual in the boxcar, lock the boxcar, and you know come back the next day to, to process the prisoner or take him down to the county jail in Elizabeth. Unfortunately for the prisoner, sometimes the train had left the station <laughs> overnight. Uh, so when the officers got back, that train was no longer there, but neither was the bad guy or the guy that did the offense, you know, but, which is a, a pretty interesting story all to itself. Somebody um, was pretty surprised, I'm sure, when that boxcar was opened wherever it went. <laughs> yeah. So 1871, Cranford's first constable was a guy by the name of Moses Mandel. Matt, check this out. It's really interesting because he received no pay for patrolling, preventing crime, and conducting investigations. However, when he did make an arrest, the township gave him 80 cents for an arrest. But it was also Moses Mandel's responsibility to transport the individual down to the Union County Jail in Elizabeth at his own expense and at his own time. Remember, he worked for free, but he got paid 80 cents for that arrest. And that was in 1871. Then moving forward, 1881, Joshua Bryant. Joshua Bryant was an amazing leader. He was Cranford's first African-American constable. He was born in Virginia in 1852. And he came to Cranford, they're not 100% sure, but sometime in the area of 1873. He got married to a local uh, a young lady by the name of Margaret Taylor. And he lived on a street You'll know the name of it now, but back in that time period, it was called Mulberry Street, which is currently Redford Avenue. He worked for the Republican Party. Uh, he was elected constable, and he was elected for three three-year terms. So for a total of nine years, Joshua Bryant was our constable. He was, a, like I said, a tremendous leader. Uh, he was a prominent member of the Sons and Daughters Charities Association or Society for Cranford. He died at the age of 46 due to complications of asthma, but he lived in Cranford for 25 years. I mentioned E.K. Adams' name. He was the last captain of the Thief Detecting Society. Well, how about this? This E.K. Adams guy was brilliant. He lived on Holly Street, and inside his house on Holly Street, he had alarm systems. He developed an alarm system for the township of Cranford residents and businesses. Once again, different signals coming into his switchboard would indicate the need for different type of services. So how did he fund this? Well, he needed to buy telephone poles and wire to run these alarm systems to his house. So what he did was he went to the Opera House, which was owned by William Sperry. Our grandparents are familiar, and probably some of our parents, but he was the owner of SNH Green Stamps. When you went to the store and you bought food, you got SNH Green Stamps. You turned Yes, and they'd screen stamps in for valuable prizes and the di different types of gifts you could earn. But uh, he would run these different type of opera uh, shows, uh, musicals and different things. People would pay to go. They would raise money. And then he would have money now to buy telephone poles and the wire to connect these businesses and residents to his alarm system, which was on Holly Street. 
Unfortunately, in uh, 1912, there was a big, big fire uh, North Avenue and uh, the opera house itself was uh, destroyed. And uh, so, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to do that anymore. In 1894, they said, you know, we need a place to put these prisoners because obviously the boxcar was not, was not <laughs> an effective way of holding our prisoners. So they built the Bastille in Cranford. Basically, it was a place where they stored uh, the prisoner overnight. And um, it was sort of like a little bit unsanitary. It was very damp. And, you know, after uh, some time, the, even the police officers uh, went and said, hey, this is really not appropriate and we need to do something better. So they improved that and um, they had a different type of police department uh, constructed back in 1925. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit because in 1897, we hired our first two police officers. One was part-time and the other was full-time. Philip Bindenberger was our full-time. He made $50 a month and he worked seven days a week and he had one day off every single month. The second individual by name of James Tennessee was hired part-time at $2 a day. And I thought that was pretty interesting. William Jennings in 1917, uh, he uh, was our first police chief. He patrolled the township of Cranford on a bicycle. But interesting, before they promoted him, because he did such an outstanding job as a police sergeant uh, during his career, before they made him chief, he was also in charge of the sewer and street repair department. <laughs> so as a sergeant, you know, those were some of his responsibilities too. And as I mentioned, uh, we had the, the new police headquarters built in 1925 on North Union Avenue and Springfield Avenue. And then in 1962, we had the new police department uh, established in where the Cranford Municipal Building is at 8 Springfield Avenue, which is its current location. Since 1962, the headquarters itself has been remodeled. Uh, the desk had been moved from one location to another location and certainly updated uh, with all the current different types of um, you know, electronics that we need now to monitor everything. In the history of the Cranford Police Department, or I should say from the beginning of time until 1997, when our 100th anniversary book uh, was put together, uh, there have been over 200 officers in our department. Wow. I don't know how many have been hired or how many have come and possibly went on to another career um, since that time, but over 200 uh, up to 1997. Uh, like I said, in 1897, we had two, one part-time, one full-time. And when I came on in 1974, we had a total of 54 police officers. And I believe uh, that currently we're running with a total of 53. One but, of the things I wanted to ask you about, obviously there are so many people, but certainly one person that stands out, this happened about a year after you had joined the force, Bob, was uh, Officer Robert Hand. Uh, yeah. People see the sign at the intersection yes. of North Union and Springfield, as well as North Avenue and Springfield. But a lot of people yes. may not know the story behind that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Bobby Hand, if you would, please? Uh, well, in 1975, and actually I come on in 1974, but 1975, on uh, February 11th, Bobby Hand was uh, in pursuit of a, a vehicle that uh, took off and fled into Clark. He radioed that he was in pursuit of a vehicle that was driving uh, very recklessly. And uh, unfortunately, he crashed his police car in Clark, and um, he ended up uh, dying from his injuries that he received. He was our PBA president, and uh, he used to be referred to as the senator. Uh, and he had war badge number uh, 26. So if you go over by police headquarters or where the 
the plaque is in the gazebo, you know, you'll, you'll see that street sign there celebrating his time um, and dedication to the Cranford Police Department. A few years later, I also had the opportunity of working with his son, Brian Hemp, who also became a, a Cranford Police Department. Two great individuals. And um, it was so sad that uh, Bobby passed away that day. And, um, I remember the services um, that they had for him at St. Michael's. There was thousands of police officers there. And it was uh, a really a moving experience for me. I was only, at the time, I was only 21 years old. And, you know, just to, to see all this um, outpouring love for a former police officer was pretty incredible. Before we get into a little bit more of the history, I want to talk with Matt a little bit about how the department today is commemorating that 125th anniversary. Matt, I know there are a few different things that are planned. Tell us uh, some of what you're planning to do. Yeah, so thanks, Bernie. Uh, One of the first things we wanted to do was to uh, come up with a logo to represent the celebration that we have this year of our 125th year uh, with the work of uh, Carl Gamba. He, uh, He had a graphic artist work through uh, his organization, his company, to come up with our 125th logo, uh, which you're going to see throughout different postings on our social media. Uh, it's going to be on uh, apparel. It's a it's a pretty awesome looking design that that commemorates our our 125th. Uh, The second thing, one of the things that we wanted to do was come up with a commemorative badge. Surrounding agencies have done that in their celebration years, whether it was their 100th, 125th, some 150th. Rawway recently did it, and the police department was pretty interested in, in coming up with a design for the 125th, and we did, and officers could purchase their own 125th anniversary badge that would uh, commemorate it, would have their badge number on it. A lot of our badges, if you're a rank, you don't have a badge number anymore. Your, your badge number is your, your rank. So if you're a lieutenant, it's lieutenant, sergeant, it's sergeant, captain, so on and so forth. Uh, but this kind of ties in the history of your years with the Cranford Police Department and where you started. We all start as patrolmen. Uh, mm-hmm. So we all get assigned a badge number. Uh, a number of years ago during my career, they stopped recycling badge numbers. So the badge numbers are now into uh, into the hundreds to represent all the officers who have come and served and, and gone. Just like earlier, uh, Bob talked about uh, also Robert Hand, his badge number was 26. We'll never use that number again. Uh, but equally, I'm badge 68. And now we're into the, I believe, into the, the we have some numbers into the hundreds. Wow. So um, it, it's pretty incredible. But each officer can get their 125th anniversary uh, badge and wear it through different events. Uh, I'm currently wearing mine now on my hip. Uh, and it's pretty awesome how uh, it comes together. It, it marks on it clearly the 1897 to 2022 marks on it, the 125th anniversary, and it ties on different themes. We looked at the history of our badges uh, from early on, the constable badge to the present badges, and uh, tried to come up with something that incorporated 125 years worth of style and, and tradition into one badge. The next thing that we decided to do, much like during the 100th anniversary, Bob talked about it, across the street of the gazebo in Mayor's Park, there is a plaque that lists all the officers uh, that were working in the 100th anniversary in 1997. And then individuals from the community could buy bricks to uh, celebrate with us, uh, either showing support, in honor, in memory of individuals who served in the Cranford Police Department or just to show support as a community member or community business. We're doing the same thing. Uh, We've worked to come up with an easy website where individuals for $100 can purchase a brick. Uh, Once they purchase their brick, they can put up to uh, three lines of 17 characters per line, 
wording on it, whether it's in, in memory of someone, uh, in honor of someone, or just again, to, to show support that as a resident, you were there in the 125th uh, anniversary celebration of the police department. It'll also have our current patch iteration on each, which is a little different than our 100th anniversary brick sale that we did. The proceeds are going to fund a walkway and basically a rededication of the front of our police wing. Uh, the township committee was gracious enough to, to hear our request to formalize the dedicated area by the uh, police wing. You know, Bob talked about it earlier. There's, there's a tree that's dedicated to Robert Hand. There's a tree that's dedicated to the chiefs, past, present, and future, who have served the Cranford Police Department. And then there's a tree dedicated to the late uh, Russell Wilde Sr., all in one corner of our, of our front of our building. And we thought it would be appropriate to commemorate the area and to tie everything together in that, in that one area with maybe a commemorative walkway uh, celebrating the 125th year of our, our police department. So if individuals are interested in purchasing a brick, they can go on our free Cranford PD app. I'll shamelessly plug that every day of the week <laughs> and they can uh, place an order. Uh, once they place the order, it'll redirect them to the PBA website so that they can remit payment. I know everyone loves a parade. Every year we have our <laughs> Memorial Day parade. It's a solemn event. So we always want to uh, ensure that we're remembering those who pay the ultimate sacrifice for our country on Memorial Day. We wanted to throw a parade that was a little bit you know, more celebratory. And so our 125th anniversary parade is tentatively scheduled for October of this year. I believe October 15th, uh, rain date, of course, is going to be posted as well. But it's going to be a driving parade. Um, people in town really like the big wheel parade uh, that was done by the Cranford Community Connection. And our kids like to hear lights and sirens and see lights and sirens and, uh, and, and see our equipment. So we thought that would be a really awesome idea to do something similar to the trucks on parade, big trucks parade themed event. So we can share our celebration year with our community, tie it together, show them equipment, invite our surrounding agencies and police agencies and state agencies and federal agencies. We have a lot of great partnerships that we've developed in 125 years. And we thought a, a, an easy way to do it, to celebrate as a community is to do a driving parade. So the route will be mapped out and, and pushed out well in advance so everyone can enjoy it. One thing we are doing, because again, unlike Memorial Day to Solomon, we really don't do a lot of sirens and it's supposed to be a, a solemn event. Obviously, it's a celebratory event, the 125th anniversary parade, and we want everyone to have their lights on and their sirens on, but we also want to make sure that we have a sensory-friendly route. So we are going to designate a certain portion of our route as sensory-friendly so that uh, members of our community that maybe are overstimulated by lights and sirens they can enjoy the parade without having to worry about it uh, overstimulating their loved ones. Um, so that's going to be designated area that every participant, every agency that every vehicle that's in there will turn off their sirens and, and, and calmly drive through. So they'll celebrate it, but everyone in the community can celebrate together. The last thing was uh, we were thinking of putting together a banquet to just enjoy a, a dinner together and celebrate all of our accomplishments, past, present, and hopefully future. And uh, I think you, you did that in the 100th anniversary too. I think you probably did a dinner dance as well, Bob. So uh, we're looking to put something like that together later on in this year. COVID is, is crazy and uh, we're still coming out of it and, and now it ebbs and flows. So we obviously have reason things very tentative because of changes and best laid plans, right? We're hopeful that it's going to um, all pan out this year, but uh, we think we have enough cool events planned for the community to celebrate with us this uh, historic year. Unfortunately, we're just about running out of time. So I want to thank both of you 
for taking the time to talk about not only the history, but how that history is being celebrated in 2022. Lieutenant Matt Nazaro and Bob Seeger, a former police officer, thank you both so much for being here on Cranford Radio. My pleasure. Thanks so much. And thanks, Bob, for joining us on behalf of our history.